Welcome, everybody, to today's episode of the Jadava Show. I'm your host, Jacob Valier. Uh, not so great Monday morning to you on today, November 16th, 2020. Uh, it is almost time for Thanksgiving. It is almost time for the end of the semester for all my fellow college students out there. Uh, I mean, what else is there to say? I'll get right into it. You can just you, you can tell from the title of this episode uh, just what a painful, heartbreaking loss by the Washington football team yesterday against the sorry, pathetic Detroit Lions. Uh, look, it's look. There's there's a lot of good to take from it. Okay, I'm actually optimistic. Okay, about a little bit of it because the Redskins were able. Excuse me, Washington was able to put together um, some semblance of a running game yesterday. They were able to throw the ball really well. Alex Smith is playing really, really, really aggressive football for the first time really in his career in the last two games. He's thrown for over 320 yards in both games. I don't think that's ever happened in Alex Smith's career. Um, He's throwing the ball downfield. Antonio Gibson looks like a legitimate starting running back for years to come. Uh, Terry McLaurin, of course, he's a dominant wide receiver. Um and look, we need a quarterback that's obvious. Alex Smith's playing well, but he's not the future. He's 36 and he can't move. Um, the defense just, uh, the defense stinks. Okay, well, I keep hearing about this great pass rush. There's five first rounders on the defensive line. Well, whoop de doo, until they actually figure out a way to get consistent pressure on guys like Matthew Stafford, then I don't know what, I don't know what's the big deal about having five first rounders on your on the defensive line. Uh, Chase Young committing that dumb uh, unsp- uh, late hit on the quarterback at the end of the game that set up the 59-yarder for Matt Prater. Um, you know, they just <laughs> unnecessary roughness leading with the helmet on your first and for a while only sack of the game. Of course, every time Washington's defense does something well, they have to negate it by doing something stupid, so they get a big sack. But, oh, on that play, they get called for uh, leading with the head or uh, they have really good coverage, but they ruin it by a hold. Uh, I mean, look, it's just it, it, it's just not very good. And it's amazing having guys like Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio run this defense. <laughs> it doesn't look like anybody can. Look, Matthew Stafford was throwing bombs all day long. He almost had a game-winning, like, 80-yard touchdown at the end of the game. Um just a tad bit overthrown, but Marvin Hall, the intended receiver, was just wide open on Kendall Fuller. Again, uh, Kendall Fuller just had a horrible day in coverage, mostly. Uh, Cam Curl, our new starting safety, he actually played a pretty good game, uh, which not it is surprising to say about a Washington safety. You don't ever hear about a Washington safety playing a good game. Uh, but he actually played a good game. He, he had a sack, I think. Uh, but that sack was almost negated by a Chase Young um, face mask penalty. So, look, I mean, it, it was turnovers. It was mistakes. I mean, you get all the way the first drive of the game. Washington has an excellent they, – they put up a graphic. Washington has yet to score on the opening drive all season. They actually put together a really nice opening drive. Alex Smith has thrown really – Nice passes. He has good protection. And then second down and two inside the 20-yard line. You're in the Detroit red zone. And Alex Smith – well, first of all, Scott Turner decides to call an end around 
a reverse sweep and they lose like eight, 11 yards on that play. And then Alex Smith sacks himself out of field goal range on third down. And all of a sudden Washington goes from a red zone trip to they have to punt. I mean, that was just setting the tone. I mean, Terry McLaurin lost a fumble. Um, Alex Smith just overthrew Logan Thomas and JD McKissick on a couple of touchdown potential touchdown passes. Look, it was it was more than painful. Dustin Hopkins missed a field goal, or or else we could have gone to overtime. I mean, it was a forty yarder. Yeah, yeah, look, Dustin Hopkins, great guy. He's been on the Washington football team for the last six seasons. I'm ready for a new kicker. Okay, we've had the same kicker for like six seasons, and he'll miss some chip shots every once in a while. You know, I'd rather have somebody that's more dependable. Um, but yeah, sixty yard, fifty nine yard field goal by. Matt Prater was just the, I mean, that's just the dagger into this season. Washington's still alive somehow at two and seven. Uh, they'll fail to win 10 games for the 26th time in 29 years. I mean, it's just pathetic for the 29th straight season. Washington will fail to win 11 plus games, which is the longest active streak by far in the NFL. Uh, it, it's just painful. I mean, look, it felt like the offense did most things right. Alex Smith almost threw for 400 yards. Uh, then we got three rushing touchdowns out of our running backs, one for McKissick and two for Antonio Gibson. Uh, but, like, the defense just let us down. And, and the first half, we were down to one point, 24 to three. I mean, it, it's just embarrassing to see us get down so big in first halves of almost every single game. It's it's painful. Twenty four to three in this one. Um, we were down big, like twenty to ten last week against um, New York. Uh, we were down seventeen nothing at one point to Philadelphia. Um, we were down against the Rams. We were down big. I can't remember the score of that game, but we were down big. We could never recover uh, against Arizona. You know, it's Arizona. We were down twenty to nothing at halftime to the Cardinals. We were down. Uh, what was it? Seventeen to seven at halftime against Cleveland. Uh, Washington was down uh, twenty-one to ten at home against Baltimore. Washington was down twenty to ten against the Rams. I mean, these just big halftime deficits. They were down. Uh, what was it? They were trailing thirteen to ten um, at halftime to the Giants. They just tra- they've trailed at halftime in all but one game. This year, and in all but two games this year, they've trailed by double digits at halftime. You have to put together a better first half. They've put together comeback, uh, unsuccessful comeback bids against the Lions this week and against the Giants last week. You need to be better in the first half, Washington. You, you can't, Ron Rivera, you need to actually play in the first half. You can't just, you know, promising drive stall, promising drive stall. I mean, Washington made it inside the Detroit 30 like five times in the first half. They came away with three points. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. And so, I, I mean, I don't want to spend too much time on it. I like the fight. A big telltale for me is that this team does not look like they're quitting on their coach like they have in the past with uh, the last coach, Jay Gruden. It looked like players would quit on him all the time. I don't think players are exactly quitting on Ron Rivera, which is exciting that this team actually has some fight in it, even if it is an abysmal roster right now, especially in the secondary. Um, but what else is there to say? I mean, it's every week. I tune in at 1 o'clock every week just to watch my team just break my heart. Um, and, and they're not. It's, it's at the point where I'm just looking for a win. I'm, I'm looking to beat Detroit. We're not asking the Washington football team to beat 
Kansas City. We're asking them to beat the Lions, and they <laughs> they have to break your heart against Detroit. They have to break your heart twice against the pathetic New York Giants. Whatever. I I've said my piece. That's that's my opinion on the game yesterday. So much pain. Uh, I'm almost desensitized to it, but it still hurts every time. Uh, yeah, just very painful. So, all right, let me talk about the NFC West, which I think right now might be the most competitive division in all of football. Um, a few weeks ago, everybody was talking about, you know, the MVP, and you know, uh, there there came a point in the NBA where. Michael Jordan was just so amazingly good that, and and it's the same now with LeBron James, that you almost felt like you couldn't give the MVP to him every year. You had to start giving the MVP to other guys to make them feel a little bit better. And, you know, I think that's, that's admirable, but I think the most valuable player is the best player. And um, I think my, right now, Patrick Mahomes, I, I predicted him to be the MVP at the beginning of the season. And uh, at this point, he looks like he will be the MVP because Russell Wilson is absolutely collapsed. Uh, he's thrown two or more interceptions in three of his last four games. They've lost three of their last four games. Um, Seattle is, they've went from five and zero oh, down to six and three. And all of a sudden they're in third place in their division. Uh and look, it's it's not fair because that's a tough. I mean, six and three, you should not be third place in your division at six and three. But they lost the tiebreaker to the Rams. They've lost the tiebreaker to Arizona. By virtue, all three of those teams are six and three, but Seattle has to take the three spots. So that will momentarily put Seattle in the sixth or seventh seed in the NFC, which means they will be on the road in the playoffs. You know, Patrick Mahomes is just literally the best player in the NFL. That I think we start to look at other players who play really well, like Russell Wilson, and we think, well, I mean, we don't want Patrick Mahomes to just dominate that award every year like Brett Favre did, like Peyton Manning did, like Tom Brady did. Uh, we'll start doling it out. You know, Russell Wilson's never got an MVP vote in his career. We we should give it to him at one of these times. Um. Russell Wilson has the third, the second most interceptions in the NFL, second most picks in the league. His defense, the defense that the Seahawks have, is bottom five in every category. They they're not going to win. I mean, in that division, I think the Rams and the Cardinals are better football teams than the Seahawks. You did you see Arizona yesterday? Did you see Kyler Murray unload one of the most unlikely hail marys I've ever seen to DeAndre Hopkins? Did you see that? Did you see how Kyler Murray is younger and a little bit more nimble than Russell Wilson is? Did you see yesterday how Jared Goff might be just a little bit more efficient than Russell Wilson right now? Did you see how almost every quarterback that's played Seattle this season has thrown for at least 300 yards? You saw that. There's still people that think the Seahawks are dangerous. I, I don't see it. I think, I think matchup-wise, it's a nightmare for them because I'm looking at the rest of their schedule. And they've got some tough ones. They got Arizona on a short week. Arizona's a handful, always has been. They get Philadelphia and the Giants and the Jets, and then the Washington football team. Those are on paper, that's a four game stretch of easiness. 
But I mean, the Giants have had success. Seahawks have had horrible success against trying against running quarterbacks. Daniel Jones has become a running quarterback, folks. Alex Smith is starting to put together 300-yard passing games. Sam Darnold can throw it a little bit against bad defenses. And then they end the year against the Rams, and Jimmy Garoppolo might be back for the season finale. Now, they'll win. They'll probably be a 10-6, and 11-5 team. But I bet they won't win the division. You can't win the division. I, I bet they lose a game, one of those four games, where they are probably the better team. But their defense just can't stop anybody. The Rams, they have the defense. Opposing quarterbacks against the Rams this year, nine touchdowns, eight picks, 81 pass rating, like 6.4 yards an attempt. Okay, quarterbacks are struggling against the Rams, against Arizona. Quarterbacks, I mean, Josh Allen struggled a little bit. Quarterbacks against the Cardinals, 91 passer rating, under seven yards an attempt, 17 touchdowns, eight picks. Not great, but still, like, quarterbacks aren't even averaging 270 against the Cardinals. Seattle... Opposing quarterbacks are averaging 364 yards passing against the Seahawks through nine games. Through nine games. 365. Did I say 364? I meant 365. A 98 pass rating. 16 touchdowns, nine picks. Completion percentage of almost 70 against Seattle. 8.1 yards an attempt. Opposing quarterbacks are just having their way against the Seahawks this season. They are far from the Legion of Boom that we knew them to be six, seven years ago. This is a team... I just do not see lasting. And that is what makes the NFC that much more complicated and hard to predict because I just don't know about them. I don't. I think they are a very flash-in-the-pan team offensively. They are good most of the time, but when they're not, their defense isn't good enough to uphold their mediocre offense, which it was yesterday against the Rams. I think right now the Cardinals and the Rams have to be considered the favorites to win this division. They do. They got – look. Cliff Kingsbury and Sean McVay are better coaches now than Pete Carroll. Russell Wilson has not played as well the last few weeks as Kyler Murray has. And he didn't play nearly as well as Jared Goff did yesterday. So, Russell Wilson, the Seahawks should not be favored to win their division anymore. And Russell Wilson will not be the MVP this year. I know there are a lot of guys that hope he is. I still believe in Russell Wilson. I think he's one of the three best quarterbacks in the NFL over the last four years. But he's not Patrick Mahomes. Nobody is Patrick Mahomes. Nobody is playing at the level that Patrick Mahomes is playing this year. And he's going to be the MVP of the NFL through more than half of the season. 26, uh, 25 touchdowns, one pick, 8-1 and one record. Mahomes is the best quarterback alive. He's winning. And he's not throwing picks. He's throwing a lot of touchdowns. And he's looking good doing it. You could probably argue Ben Roethlisberger for MVP. Well, you know, just watch the film. Mahomes is better than Big Ben. Mahomes is better than Russell Wilson. Um, and I get it. Mahomes has more help. But that's the name of the game. You have more help, you win. And you look better doing it. A lot of guys, not a lot of guys can win with that kind of defense. Good Lord. Seattle can't stop anybody. Jared Goff had been struggling. They couldn't stop him yesterday. All right. All right, we'll end the show like this. We do this every Monday, the good, bad, and the ugly of the NFL. Plenty of good, plenty of bad, and a whole lot of ugly. Uh, week to week, you know, opinions about the NFL change, uh, everything about it. There's just nothing that stays constant in the NFL except for maybe a few things. So I'm here to address it, and here we go, starting with the good. Uh, I'm going to go with, again, the Miami Dolphins. Look, Tua Tungavailoa, 
I, I gave him an ultimatum a few weeks ago. I said, you need to be great right off the bat in your first five starts. You need to win most of them. And then I'll be, I'll be content you, because you see how Herbert's playing. You see how Burrow's playing. Tua needs to come out and be great immediately. I was, I had my doubts after his first game against the Rams, but his last two games, Tua's looking like, okay, he's a starting quarterback in this league. 66 completion percentage last two weeks, uh, 209 yards a game, four touchdowns, no picks. 7.9 yards in attempt, passer rating of 115, and the Dolphins have won all three games that Tua has played in. And, oh, all of a sudden, look at Miami. They got a defense. They're the fifth. They're the number five scoring defense in the NFL. And all of a sudden, they've won five straight games. And their next three games are against Denver, the Jets, and Cincinnati. So they could end up going on an eight-game winning streak to get to 9-3. and three. The Dolphins look like one of the most all-around solid teams in the National Football League. I believe in their quarterback now. I believe very much so in their defense, especially their um, just playmaking ability. Their corners are really good. Um, and right now, I really, really believe in that coaching staff. The Dolphins, they are very, very good. Uh, and I really do believe in them heading into the rest of the season. Uh, what else was good? I'm going to go with the Steelers. Pittsburgh. Now, I have been not on the Steelers bandwagon just yet, despite them being 9-0. and Well, they came out and they punched Cincinnati in the mouth. Last time we saw Cincinnati, they punched the Titans in the mouth. Uh, Big Ben quietly is completing 67% of his throws, 22 touchdowns, 4 picks, uh, with a 103 passer rating. Very quietly. Big Ben is putting together a very, very nice season. Uh, probably his best statistical season in a very long time at age 38. I think if you get this version of Big Ben every week, this Steelers team is very scary. They are the third scoring uh, uh, defense, the fourth scoring offense, um, and opposing quarterbacks are completing 56% of their passes with a 79 passer rating against the Steelers this season. It it's it's tough pickings playing this team, and I think they're going to be really tough if they can put together performances throughout the rest of the season like they did against Cincinnati. Uh, I'm going with just teams here, but the Raiders looked really good yesterday. The Raiders are six and three. They've won uh, four of their last five, uh, and they've blown out two of their last three opponents. Uh, and guess what? They've won their last three divisional matchups. When the last time, when's the last time we can say the Raiders did that because they never beat Kansas city. Well, they beat the chiefs. They beat the chargers last week. Uh, and they just absolutely crushed Denver this week. Derek Carr is playing very conservative. Keep away football, sort of a la Alex Smith from a couple of years ago, uh, when he was still playing in Kansas city. Um, opposed uh, their defense is starting to really put together nice performances. They've given up, less than 14 points in two of their last three games against formidable offenses like Cleveland and Denver uh, and the Raiders outside of playing the chiefs next. Then they get Atlanta. Then they get the jets that could get them to eight wins Then they get the chargers again. That's nine. And maybe they can beat the Broncos. Maybe this is a 10 and six, 11 and five team that could really, really be interesting if they could sneak into the seventh or sixth seed of the playoffs. So kudos to the Raiders. They look really good, and overall, I mean that's that's how you want it to be. That's that's 
that's where you want to be. Is it six and three? You're a hot team. You've, you're four and one in your last five. You want to be hot. That's how you do it. Uh, and finally, you know what else was good? The Stefan Diggs and DeAndre Hopkins trade. So that'll make Houston look bad. Uh, but I wanted to highlight DeAndre Hopkins, still the best receiver in the league. I know a lot of people want to go DK Metcalf, Devontae Adams, but I mean, DeAndre Hopkins has the best hands in the NFL. I mean, that you saw that Hail Mary that he had against Buffalo yesterday. Seven catches, 127 yards, touchdown. I mean, that's just a typical day at the office for him. He's got 67 catches, 861 yards, and four touchdowns through nine games this season. You know, that is on pace. He's on pace, really, to catch 1,500 yards for – 1500 yards and 119 catches only seven touchdowns but still i mean they're throwing they're just funneling him the ball you can tell things work after just a small sample size that that baby works okay kyler murray to deandre hopkins that works just like josh allen to stefan diggs josh uh, stefan diggs leads the nfl in catches and yards has four touchdowns himself that trade seems to work out not in favor of minnesota I mean, the Vikings have struggled to really find an identity in their passing attack since Stefan Diggs left. Same with Houston. And all of a sudden, Arizona and Buffalo do. They're the winners there, and Houston and Minnesota are the big, big losers. All right, so that's good. What was bad? Well, I'm going to go with the, the Green Bay Packers to start on this one. I mean, come on. You can barely beat Jacksonville. Aaron Rodgers threw a bad pick. They were turning the ball over. They committed two turnovers. They had committed three turnovers all year, and they're playing one of the worst defenses in the league, and they commit two bad turnovers. And guess what? There was a chance they could have lost that game in regulation. Now, they're beneficial that Jacksonville can't throw the ball with their their six-round rookie quarterback. But, I mean, this was just way too close for comfort, and typically we have seen when it gets too close for comfort for the Packers, they seem to just fall apart structurally. They just, I mean, they couldn't put together sustaining drives because they weren't dominating that game. So they couldn't find a way to really, you know, press the ball downfield because, I mean, look, it's, it, it, it's, it, it's the Packers. When it gets too close, they can't, they only, they don't score in bunches like in blowouts. Like they blew out San Francisco a couple weeks ago. They blew out Houston. They blew out Atlanta. They blew out the, uh, the Lions. They blew out Minnesota. When they get to play those teams, they just keep raining on points. But against Jacksonville, against Tampa, and against Minnesota, when it got tough, they found it harder to score because they, they're they a very finesse confidence team. And so when their confidence is rattled a little bit, yeah, they, it's not as good. And that run defense is, gosh, that's not very good. Uh, what else was bad? Uh, the Eagles are bad, man. I mean, they're 3-5-1. and one. They lost their division lead. Uh Look, it, it's the, the the Carson Wentz. There has to be something. There has to be something wrong with him. Fifty-eight completion percentage, seventy-three pass rating, the most interceptions in the NFL, and just about six yards in attempt. I mean, something's broken with his game. Coming into this year, I thought he was a top five quarterback. Coming out of it, he might be a bottom five quarterback. I've just never seen a guy completely fall apart the way that Carson Wentz has fallen apart this season. I'm stunned by it, but I mean, I don't know where where to go from here. The Eagles, after this game, they get Cleveland, they get Seattle and Green Bay and New Orleans and Arizona. That's their next five games. They could lose all of them. They could get to 3-10-1, and one, and then they got Dallas and Washington. Their only wins this season are against injury-riddled San Francisco, the Giants at the gun, and then the pathetic Dallas Cowboys. Those are the only games Philadelphia has won. I don't see another win this season. I mean, they. this is about as bad as it gets. The Giants might 
might end up winning this sorry, awful division. And I just don't know how they can, but whoever wins this division, they will have definitely earned it because I mean, gosh, this is, this is a bad division and this is a bad team. This might be them and Dallas. I thought they were the two teams that could have won this division. They might be the two worst teams in that division. Cause they've, cause Philadelphia has lost to both the giants and Washington this year. Dallas has lost to both Philadelphia and Washington this year. Washington's beat Dallas and Philadelphia, but not the Giants. It's a mess. Okay, it's it's absolutely a mess. All right, what else was bad? How about Lamar Jackson trying to win big games? Okay, uh, Lamar Jackson's 0-2 in the playoffs. He This was a big game. I mean, they need to keep pace with Pittsburgh. And three times this year, they the three biggest games they've played this season, they have lost all of them. Monday night against Kansas City, they got blown out. They got waxed. A couple of weeks ago, lead in CBS game against division rival Pittsburgh for the lead in the division. They they lost, and Lamar Jackson made a lot of mistakes in that game, committed a lot of turnovers, and last night against New England. Okay, the Patriots, a game you probably should have won, but it was on the road, bad weather, and Lamar only put up 17 points, and you know he threw another interception. It's something, I look, he's clearly regressing. He's clearly not the same guy that we saw a year ago that was absolutely stunningly good. I mean, look, his touchdown interception ratio and winning percentage in his career are all still impeccable, but something's clearly wrong with his game and something's clearly wrong with his ability to win the big one. I mean, he can beat up on bad teams. Okay, he can beat up on Cleveland, Houston, Washington, Philadelphia, you know. He can beat up on those teams, but when it comes time to play like Wash, uh, Kansas City, uh, Pittsburgh, and New England, the, those defenses, yeah, good luck, Lamar Jackson. That was not good. All right, uh, let's go the ugly. What was ugly? Yeah, Drew Locke. That thing's not working. Uh, Drew Locke yesterday, 23 of 47, a touchdown in garbage time, but he threw four picks against the Raiders. Um, something's just not right with this. I mean, I, I was expecting Drew Locke to come out and actually look like a formidable quarterback. The Broncos would be a borderline playoff team. And this year, Drew Locke, 2-5 and five as a starter, 55 completion percentage, two touchdowns. Or, I mean, seven touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 6.3 yards in attempt, passer rating of 67, lowest in the NFL. I mean, this guy, something's just not right with this guy. The Broncos don't have their franchise quarterback. Drew Locke is not that guy. They'll give him some more time, I guess, to maybe salvage any trade value. But, I mean, he's about... He's about as bad as it gets at the quarterback position. Their last five starts, they somehow have a two and three record in his last five starts. But in those five starts, 54 completion percentage, six touchdowns, 10 picks, 63 pass rating in his last five games. Look, in a league where everybody is sort of putting up 300 yards and four touchdowns every week, every couple of weeks, Drew Locke is just not, not an NFL guy, in my opinion. That's not working. Uh, I already mentioned Seattle's defense. It's ugly. They're, they've given up the most yards in the NFL easily. Uh, NFL record for most passing yards given up through nine games of all time. Uh, it could get, They could give up 6,000 yards this season. I'm dead serious. I mean, it is just painful watching this excuse for a passing defense try and defend anything. Um, but they try, and it's not good. Um, so there is that. I already talked about them. Um, finally, I'm going to go with Houston. I mean, what happened to the Texans? The Texans are now, well, Deshaun Watson was not very good yesterday, but the Texans are now 0-7 against non-Jaguars teams this season. I don't understand it. I thought they were going to be a lot better. I didn't think they would go as far as to fire their coach, 
uh, just four games into the year, but they did. They're two and three with their interim coach. Uh, I know there were bad weather conditions. The game was delayed in Cleveland yesterday, but I mean, 20 of 30, under 170 yards and one touchdown all game. Look, Deshaun Watson, they, they need a full top to bottom outside of their quarterback, top to bottom restructuring of that entire franchise because something's not working. Deshaun Watson's barely had a running game in his four years in the league, never had a great head coach, and they just traded away his number one receiver. And Houston, outside of their loss yesterday, they look even worse after what DeAndre Hopkins did to Buffalo yesterday. So <clears throat> anyway, that's my good, bad, and ugly of the NFL season. There is a football game on tonight, Minnesota and Chicago. Um, obviously, Chicago has been struggling. They've lost three in a row with quarterback Nick Foles, who looks like one of the worst starters in the NFL. Minnesota is three point is a three-point road favorite to beat Chicago tonight. Uh, I actually like Minnesota on the road to beat Chicago, and I like the I like Minnesota minus three. So I'm going to pick the Vikings to win this game around the ballpark of 25 to 20, 24 to 20. I think Minnesota is just a better team. They're hotter team right now, and Chicago just has a horrible quarterback situation. So I like them to win this game, 24 to 20 uh, tonight. Uh, that is all I have for you on this week's episode of the Jadava Show. Hope you guys have a great rest of your Monday. We will see you later on. And uh, you've been listening to the Jadava Show, and I'm your host, Jacob Valier. Have a great rest of your Monday, everyone.